Brands and Brews. All right. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. This is the Brands and Brews Marketing Podcast, where we uh, talk about marketing while drinking beer. Um, I'm Jesse, and Krill is with me today. And uh, what's up, Krill? Not a whole lot. What what what's up is everything and nothing. It's just another day in the life of a marketing person. Right on, right on. What uh, what beer are you drinking? So today I have a, kind of a special treat that I've really been enjoying recently. It's Outer Range. Have you heard of these these guys? No. So Outer Range Brewing is a local brewery out of um, Frisco, and. Huh. The interesting thing about this beer is that I've only seen outer range beers available at Mr. B's, which is a specialty liquor store. And they have a variety of different, like pretty unique beers. And one thing that I've noticed about outer range is that they do limited runs of beers. And like every time I go into Mr. B's every couple of weeks, they have a pretty much a new selection of outer range brews available. So they're always on rotation. And like once the beer is gone, you don't get it anymore. So that makes it super exciting for somebody like me who likes trying different stuff. And this one is called the Tromping West Coast Style India IPA. So really good beer. A lot of their beers are IPAs, but um, very different flavors, different character, uh, but very smooth every time. So it's a special one for me. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I have um, a buddy of mine. And, and his wife stayed with us like a week ago and, uh, they went up to Vail, uh, for a couple nights and then they came back and stayed with us one more before they went back to, um, they're from North Carolina. Uh, they brought in some beer from Vail Brewing Company. So this is a Pete Stash, Pete Stash from Vail Brewing Company. So another brewing company that's, uh, up in the, on the Rockies off of I-70. So, uh, just like Frisco, right? So. Um, Pete Stash is a pale ale and it's, uh, Pete Stash, I think is an actual run on, on Vale. So on Vale Ski Resort and, uh, didn't know this. It's a America or it's a 2019 bronze winner of the Australian style pale ale at the American beer festival. So very cool. That good. American beer yeah. festival. Have you ever been there? You know what? I still have never been. It's kind of embarrassing. I have <laughs> have you? <laughs> I have driven people to it. <laughs> if it didn't go myself, I was the DD. I've done that too. I've driven people to it probably like I don't know, probably the three or first three or four years that I lived here, and I try to get tickets like my first three or four years, and I never could get them. Hard to and, get tickets, uh, and they're pricey. It's really hard to, yeah, pricey. And then like if you're not on it when they go live, it's they're they're gone quickly. So. Uh, no, I still have never been there. So we need to do it. You and I should go, right? <laughs> We're our... Yeah, for sure. Given given <laughs> the nature of this podcast, it's actually kind of shameful that we haven't gone to our, our great beer festival here. Yeah. <laughs> One um, thing that I just a... noticed today, go ahead. I went by our uh, local grocery store, and one thing that I noticed is that there's now a wine aisle. Have you seen that? Yeah. That's pretty different. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, I like it. Uh, you know, so laws are changing. And it, I remember just, it wasn't that long ago when you couldn't buy anything over, you couldn't buy these beers for drinking at a grocery store. Uh, just what, maybe five you years ago? Still can't, <laughs> still can't buy this one. Well, I mean, I mean anything over like 5%, you know what I mean? Mm. Like that's, right. uh, uh, that's a relatively new law here in Colorado. And I just remember when I moved here, I was like, because in Oregon, uh, where I was from before it was, you know, you can buy anything in the grocery stores. But, uh, when I got here, I was like, how come they only have Coors Light and Bud Light? And then my friends told me, well, it's, it's also under 5%. I'm like, what? So, so that law is actually relatively new, but I'm glad they're kind of expanding a little bit. I feel bad for the liquor stores a little bit too, but, um, Hey, I'm hoping for it. I think there's, you know, I definitely see both sides of it. I feel bad for the liquor stores that are like high traffic type of liquor stores where people go in to just grab uh, Coors Light or Bud Light. But I think that this is actually making some of the more specialty stores like Mr. B's Mm. thrive in some ways, right? Because 
beer like this is, like I said, it's not available at the grocery store and never will be because it's at a higher price point and it's right. not, a, it's pretty niche. So these are beer stores or liquor stores for enthusiasts. And I think that pick a niche, get re- reach. <laughs> that doesn't yep. very well, but um, I think that that's the idea. So I, you know, some, some are definitely struggling. I get the convenience of going to the grocery store and picking up a bottle of wine or something, but the, none of the wine at the grocery store was particularly like, you know, it's all like mainstream brands that mm-hmm. I think most, most wine enthusiasts probably wouldn't pick up anyway. So. Right. Right. Two sides. To yeah. Every it's point. more of a convenience thing. Right. All right. Cool. Um, we have a pretty cool episode here. So we're going to do, we're going to play a little game. <laughs> so basically what we're going to do is do a little, um, I think I'm calling it a CMO, uh, marketing channel draft. So basically what it is, is we're going to pretend that we're both CMOs, uh, competing, co- competing CMOs um, at a brand new B2B startup. And uh, we're both are uh, about to start a brand new go-to-market strategy. And we about, both have a, a limited marketing budget of $100,000. So that's basically the... the it's not much, but it's honest Concept, work. right? And then we're going to have a draft and then we're, we're going to draft these marketing channels. And uh, if someone chooses a channel, like if you were to choose like PPC, for example, then it's off the board. That means I can't take it. So um, we'll I'll name all those channels here in a second. Um, but you wanted details. So <laughs> uh, I got details for you. Uh, we're SaaS. So uh, software as a service. That's sexy. Um, sexy right now. Very sexy, right? Uh, U.S. demographic, okay, that was important. That was another question you wanted. Uh, we both have a website already, which is, I think, very important to note. So, um, that's that's key there. Got to have uh, a website. And then uh, the, what's that? Got to have a website. Got to have a website, right? Uh, and then a hundred thousand dollars is just for the go to market it go to market budget uh strategy budget. So that doesn't include headcount. So. It's up to you to think about what your own headcount is when you're doing this. But um, uh, I would say, just from my own experience, if you have a hundred thousand dollar go to market strategy, a headcount probably be around two Solo. to three employees, <laughs> very small, um, or something equivalent of that with external help, right? So, um, and then we're also we're we're looking at this as more of a broad approach. We're not looking at this as in the weeds. So, as a CMO. Um, uh, we're we're like looking at this at a like high level strategy or a high level yeah high level overall strategy for the business makes sense oh yeah I'm I'm so Perfect. ready cool well I'm gonna do wait, I put these I put these in uh, channels in four different buckets so I'll name I'll name them and then um, uh, feel free to ask like if there's any type of, or feel free to ask any questions. And then I'll also have this on a, on the, on our website, um, on the blog post that's associated to this episode. So um, people can actually look at the, the, the list that we're choosing from. So the first bucket of channels is what I'm calling paid slash big ticket channels. So PPC is the first channel. Now this one is super broad, super broad. It's a powerful one because it's got Google, Bing, display, retargeting ads, mobile app, anything you want to do with those type of ads, that is under PPC. Except that uh, you only next have $8,000 a month to spend on advertising. Basically, yes. So, so yeah, you have this channel, but whew, it will eat your budget. Uh, social media ads, so Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, whatever. Uh, TikTok ads, whatever. Paid media and sponsorships. So... Uh, paid media and sponsorships. So sponsorships could be on third-party sites. Paid media can also be what on uh, publications or spots on publications. Any other examples you can think there, Kirill? Yeah, paid just, media. And- you know, basically advertised content like Outbrain or Taboola kind of content marketing services. Right. Yep. And and then the last one, woo, trade shows that's a budget eater as well okay so that's why i have them in their own kind of bucket because they're definitely the most expensive ones so we definitely uh, the next by one, the way we we picked like 
actual relevant channels, but also channels that are really going to hurt the budget and probably not produce very good results. So the challenge here is that we want to make sure that we stick the other person with the ones that are the least <laughs> least useful. Yeah, exactly. That's probably going to happen. Um, the next bucket is the organic as slash content channels. All right. So SEO is the big one in that in that bucket. Um, there's also organic social media. So organic social posts on LinkedIn or Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. Uh, podcasting, uh, webinars, video marketing, um, owned media, or we could just call that blogging and um, email. So e- inbound though, e- inbound email. So email nurturing, email newsletters, email whatever your inbound email marketing strategy is. We have a smaller bucket, which is outbound um, uh, or LinkedIn outreach. So it's outbound this bucket, but we have LinkedIn outreach in there, uh, email outbound. So emails to lists and so forth. And then we have the gorilla suit. If you don't know what that is, listen to one of the podcasts with Jesse or me, Jesse and Kirill on and guarantee we talk about the gorilla suit at least it's once in a comeback. episode. The gorilla suit is, is always present. It's always present. You know what? It doesn't cost a lot to buy a gorilla suit, right? Don't give away the trade secrets yet. <laughs> okay. Um, next one is relationship slash social proof. Um, so most uh, we have influencer marketing in there affiliate marketing, online profiles, online profiles would be like your review or reputation sites, your G2, your Trustpilot, Google, whatever, uh, public relations. So, and this is earned media. So this is actually like PR distribution. Like you have to actually earn these organically, right? For, for the PR one. And then strategic partnerships, uh, which is a great strategy there. Um, last bucket, which is probably, the least popular bucket when it comes to SaaS is the traditional bucket. Uh, direct mail, radio, television, uh, SMS, and then um, you we call it out-of-home outdoor. So this could be what? Can you share some examples of what that one is? Bus ads, billboards, bench ads, anything that's outdoors kind of advertising. So expensive. And um, I, I would probably be all over the the the, uh, the bench ads. The way right? that I always That's... explain it to CEOs and CFOs is expensive is a relative term. <laughs> Works never, never, not once, right? <laughs> exactly. Hey, look, if it produces results, then you know we we've got a challenge here, right? And I think for those who are not as familiar with startups jesse and i have a history of working for startups especially startups that are bootstrapped or not super well funded so we know that sometimes the best approach is the one that makes the least amount of sense because it's unorthodox and it's it just generates leads that wind up building a business so there's no i don't think there's any right or wrong answer here but uh, i'm looking forward to the friendly competition either way yeah, I I remember when you and I worked together and remember when you had to do a radio ad? Yeah, and, and I loved it. So at first, <laughs> we came up with the idea of running off-peak radio ads to small business um, owners and pitch them on marketing services. And at first, it just made absolutely no sense, right? Like, who is going to be listening to the radio at like two o'clock in the morning as a small business owner pulling out their hair being like, man, I sure wish an ad would come on to pitch me on digital marketing services. But guess what? We made it work. And the way we made it work was we basically wrote radio scripts and came up with an extremely simple uh, URL, which I actually still remember because it was so awesome. It was smartreachlearn.com. And every ad basically at the beginning at the end of it said smartreachlearn.com, digital marketing services for small business professionals. And this radio ad was directed to a landing page that would just capture leads to sign up for webinars that I was doing. And we were averaging something like 50 or 60 small business leads per month off of this campaign. And it, it was just like ridiculous. And the cool thing about it is back back then we had... Uh, our own kind of proprietary company CRM, and we had HubSpot, 
and we built a third-party kind of intermediary tool that allowed us to track campaigns and conversions from the landing page in different markets from the different campaigns that we were doing all the way to the revenue side of things. So it was really cool to see, like, we spent X number of dollars on radio ads here, and this is the amount of revenue that we generated from those ads. It was surprisingly effective, and I really hadn't seen anybody else doing that before. So it was a kind of a cool, cool thing that we, we did. It's, it's just a perfect example of like you think of something's dead and then you're and and you probably I remember when I heard about it, I kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, well, that will never work. Um, but I was shocked to see see the results. But a lot of it, too, is just the way you guys framed it out. You guys had you guys very strategically came up with the scripts and then the genius probably, too, is a very uh, easy to remember url website name right and so someone can actually remember it and actually when they hear the ad and then apply it or type it in or whatever so um yeah so great example that almost anything can work we also raffle um, samsung tablets for every webinar so <laughs> <laughs> that helps right uh but the point of this exercise really is like you said is is um uh to create a, a marketing strategy with a limited budget and to be honest um as I became a marketing consultant, I get these type of queries all the time. Like, uh, uh, hey, I have a limited budget and I'm in this market. What it, I need an overall marketing strategy. What would you recommend? And, and a lot of times they don't even give me the freaking budget. <laughs> so, so it's just like I, I need some more information. You know, like one to two bullet points is not enough here. Uh, so this is kind of a normal exercise that I do uh, a lot. Um, so. Anyway, let's go ahead and start. Do you right. want to, do you want, you want to, I'm going to give you the first pick. Well, hold on. I want to describe my startup. This is like half the fun. Oh, go for it. So Jesse and I are competing in the same space and I hope he's given some thought to a startup, but my startup is going to be targeted at niche beer consumers. And it's an app that basically catalogs uh, inventory at boutique liquor stores so that you can find craft beers using this app and find a local store near you that carries those beers at any given time. I am super jealous because you totally thought this through. <laughs> so does mine have to be beer related at all? Well, if you want to compete with me, yeah. Ah! <laughs> I'm doing the exact same thing then. Okay, so we're it's an app that help us conveniently find or helps people consumers conveniently find beers in, in liquor stores love it yeah yeah that's what it is all right cool all right you got the first pick buddy all right well i think if <laughs> you shouldn't have given me the first pick because i'm obviously going to pick seo inbound seo and what yeah the reason i'm going to do that is because inbound seo is probably one of the lowest cost options out there and all SEO really requires is time and commitment. And because I am a grinder and I love to grind, I have no problem cranking out like 10 articles every single day on thought leadership topics on craft beers and uh, doing interviews and all sorts of stuff. So that's going to be my pick. I think it's a super long cost, low cost, long-term option that's going to scale pretty significantly with the business as it grows. Over to you, Justin. Uh Wow, I am shocked that you took that actually. And as an SEO guy, I'm bummed that you took it. Uh, but I am excited because that l at least allows me to go for the 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 big one in the room, and that's PPC. So I'm going to take PPC because I could do a little bit of everything there, right? So I can do some intent type of paid advertising. I can do some uh, like display ads for um, uh, uh, you know growing my brand and so forth. But I also can do, if I get into content marketing and other things, I can do the retargeting. So if I choose to really just go after some more uh, like content marketing channels or stuff other than SEO that I can't get, uh, other ways to get people to my website, I can do is retargeting to repurpose that. So I'm going to go for it. The problem obviously with PPC is it is expensive. So that's going to be a big part of my budget. So see, that's the that's the the problem with ad advertising agency guys is they always want to spend money first and I always <laughs> want to save money first. So naturally, 
my next logical pick is going to be email and it's going to be outbound email because why? Because one, it's my bread and butter uh, of building a business Two, it's potentially low cost, depending on how you play it. And three, it basically allows you to build a database of valuable contacts that you can warm up relationships with before your SDRs or anybody has, uh, has to do cold outreach to them. So building that audience, uh, especially if we're talking about the B2B side of the business where we're reaching out to uh, liquor retailers and trying to onboard them into our app, I'm definitely going to be looking for lists and building lists again, spending time on grinding and building out these great contact lists. And then I'm going to be hitting them with emails with unique value propositions. And we're going to scale our distribution network pretty quickly. Dude, you're, you're knocking it out of the park. Do you have like, do you have like a side list? Did you do some serious homework? Were you up all night, all up all night last night? Like well, I do, I do work in this? marketing and I have for a few years. I cannot believe you took email outbound so early. I'm super tempted to take because there's really only other important like outbound one. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do trade shows. Now it's another expensive one, but but I've gotten so much traction out of trade shows. Can't wait that, for this. And I'm thinking like liquor store and booze. I think there's got to be some awesome, uh, you know, opportunities for for trade shows there. Um, and there's so many things there I could do while I'm at a trade show is like building relationships, connecting with other uh, distributors and so forth. So I think that's going to be a good one. The question is like, if I do a couple trade shows in a year, that's going to really kill my budget as long with paid ads. So um, I'm already going to the expensive route. No, <laughs> well, we, we should be tallying up like the actual cost of all this stuff while you do it. Cause but I it really it, depends, right? Like a trade sure show you're actually already out of money for the year. But <laughs> I could go to like local trade shows just within Colorado. That's I don't have to travel anywhere. There's, there's ways to figure that out. So, so let me ask you that. Cause there's different approaches to trade shows. And I love that we're on this topic right now. Mm-hmm. When you say going to a trade show, are you talking about sponsorship? Are you talking about doing a booth there? Are you talking about setting up a happy hour outside of the trade show hours or just walking the floor and meeting with people and networking? I think, well, so when I used to, and and this is probably my own problem, but I've done this at the last two companies that I worked for, at least, like when we said trade shows, we had a trade show budget and it actually covered all those things that you just said. So anything that we got from that trade show, whether it, if we had a booth there or if we uh, budgeted to send people there just to walk the floor and do some meet and greets or um, uh, we did sponsoring there or or anything like that, we're like we're uh, actually at the trade show, then that would actually count as like part of the trade show strategy or trade show but, uh, bucket for our leads and then our opportunities and demos and sales. So I'm gonna go with that. Love it. I think that's a, that's a perfectly fine perspective there. Okay. Uh, so my, for my next pick, I'm going to go with owned media and I don't think it's going to be a huge surprise, but that very natively flows with my, um, my SEO approach, basically just building out interviews with thought leaders in the space. Um, you know, creating articles and lots of knowledge-based type of content around uh, beers and things like that to drive organic traffic to the website uh, and to the app, I think is going to be a great opportunity. Um, I'm going to go for, no, I'm not, I was, I was going to say social media ads. No. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with, you know what? I was, th- here's the thing with, with booze though, we're going to have a problem doing social media with, with liquor, right? Are we? I don't know. I just started. Yeah. I, I just got this job like two hours ago. So I, no <laughs> as usual, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, geez. You know what? Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to do online profiles because that's just Jesse right there. Um, I love online profiles. I'm a big I'm big with like building trust for a business and when people can actually give you reviews or testimonials or case studies 
um, especially on like third-party websites, there's a lot of value there. And then it's also good for sales to show, hey, look at us, look at our Trustpile score, look at our G2 score or whatever. Um, there's a lot of value just on that credibility. So that's why I chose it. Well, I'm about to blow your mind. I hope you're sitting down right now because mm. my next pick is going to be influencer marketing. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I know you have, you have a lot to say about that, but um, I'm going to actually leverage one of my personal connections. And I've uh, developed a friendship with one of the master um, Cicerones in the country. I don't know if you're familiar with master Cicerones, but if you know anything about master sommeliers, those are the top experts on wine. Uh, master Cicerone is basically the equivalent of a master sommelier, but in the beer world. So uh, I would definitely be leveraging their expertise as well as just going out and finding the the YouTube bloggers that, that do the, the beer tastings and things like that. And honestly, I'll probably even consider having you on just based on this Brands of Brews marketing podcast. <laughs> well, at least you're going to allow me on. Thanks, man. Um, uh, and actually, I was eyeing that one. So shockingly, uh, that's um, something I was looking at too. Uh, you know what? Because I'm doing trade shows, I wasn't going to choose this one, but because I'm doing trade shows, I like, and I, I'm, 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 we're pulling out business cards or if we have a booth, we're, we're meeting, greeting people. You got to have a way to follow up with those people um, and keep them in your database. So I'm going to do email inbound marketing. Uh, so like email nurturing and, and email blasts, your lists and so forth. So that is just not something I would do by itself, but because I'm hopefully generating contacts from my PPC and generating contacts from trade shows that I'm growing a database and I need a way to nurture them and be able to contact them. Dang it. That was the first real blow that you've dealt me so far. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of pissed because now you took away my email nurturing strategy and I've only got outbound email. So if I'm, not, <laughs> if I'm not putting our content in front of people through email newsletters or whatever, then we're kind of losing some of that warmth over time. So yes, you are. Pretty significant blow. Well played. I guess um, for my next pick, along with influencer marketing, I'm going to just go with a uh, general PR approach. PR mm -hmm. um, firms, you, you actually don't even really need a PR firm. I think oh, you can do a lot of PR your, on your own, but um, I've got some great PR folks that I've worked with over the years and some great PR firms out there in the space. Not super high cost, but actually pretty reasonably good value, especially if you're trying to build brand awareness. So I wouldn't leverage this probably for the B2B side of the business, but to engage and build our consumer user base, I would definitely be leveraging our uh, PR efforts and you know, just reaching out to publications, talking about some of the things that we're doing that are unique, uh, reaching out to targeted publications like beer publications and, uh, you know, uh, beer connoisseurs and things like that, and positioning our internal thought leadership and potentially even uh, leveraging some of the influencers that we're, we're using for this as PR opportunities. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, also just going out and volunteering and helping the community and leveraging those kind of efforts to build the brand as well. Not bad. Not bad. Um, okay. So since I'm, since I'm going to trade shows, I'm probably going to um, have some fun with some other people in the industry, probably going to um, drink some beer and, and probably going to like, I, I, at least I need a way to document my, my good time at these trade shows. So since you took blogging, I'm going to go with video marketing. I'm going to get everything I'm doing on video. This could be really good for the business, or it could put me in jail and get or get me fired. But I have some faith in in this. Um, I need a way to capture my content. And since you took blogging, I gotta have a good content to at least put on my emails. We're gonna do have some awesome. We're just or we're gonna have some awesome videos. And that's all. And uh, we're gonna use YouTube. Probably use TikTok. Whatever, whatever's in, we're gonna use. How much are you going to spend on that video equipment? Speaking, speaking <laughs> We're just going to use our phones. We're, all, we're only going to use our phones, dude. <laughs> Everything on the iPhone. All right. Well. And, and no stipend. We're not doing stipend for for my small marketing team with, with our phones or, or no stipend for sales either. <laughs> Perfect. 
All right. Well, I'm about to ruin your whole career and oh, God. pick a channel that uh, channel bracket that we haven't even touched yet, and I want to be the first to tap into it. But traditional, uh, traditional, <laughs> what? Traditional. I'm gonna pick direct mail, and <laughs> the reason. The reason Talk I'm about a, expensive. The, the reason I'm picking direct mail is one, it's actually pretty inexpensive compared to PPC and especially trade shows. I could probably run like a dozen uh, direct mail campaigns with just the cost of attending one trade show, just the travel and entertainment budget from that. But what I would probably wind up doing is just sending out very kind of cool, quirky postcards to um, a select uh, few folks around the, the um, retailers that we're leveraging for the app and let them know that there's an app available uh, with niche beers. And this could be su- subscribers to, uh, you know, beer podcasts or beer YouTube channels or people who read, uh, you know, physical publications about beer. But we're going to hit all of them with a postcard with a simple QR code that takes them to download the app on the App Store. And we're going to onboard a ton of people this way. And it's going to cost us practically nothing. Nicely done, dude. I'm also um, going to open my second beer now. <laughs> I was I was thinking that when you when you were kind of bitching about me taking email, I was like, I wonder if he'll take like email. Uh, yeah, I wonder if he'll take like direct mail because it's yeah, it's national. It's SaaS, but it's we're in a niche market. So it's very reasonable that you can find all the whatever liquor stores or all the people within our market and probably do some direct mail campaigns at a reasonable price. So um, not a bad, not a bad choice there. Um, It's just one of those traditional channels that I think for some types of businesses is under leveraged. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. No doubt about it. Um. I got to continue to get my brand out there. I'm kind of looking at my stuff and okay, I got, at least I got PPC. I got to do something organically. So I'm going to do organic social media. I'm not super familiar with the laws when it comes to booze with um, what you can do on social media, but I'm sure there's some workarounds that I can, we can figure out uh, with my extensive small marketing team. But I'm taking that off the board. Nicely done. <clears throat> I'm gonna next. I'm gonna go with outbound. Right, you gotta have a solid outbound campaign. At this point, I've got SEO that's great inbound. I've got outbound emails. I've got own media which is inbound. I've got influencer marketing which is both kind of outbound, kind of inbound. I've got PR which is uh, outbound and direct mail that's outbound. So I'm going to actually go ahead and grab the gorilla suit here uh, right in the middle of this whole thing. And before before you laugh too hard, consider the fact that um, I could go into some of these higher income neighborhoods where, you know, a lot of the folks that could be interested in higher tier beverages or like higher price beverages and put out a gorilla suit just to change things up and to show them something they haven't probably seen in a while and direct them to downloading our app through a QR code. And I think I think it's gonna work. You totally screwed me, man. I I I was gonna take the gorilla suit next because I it just dawned on me that if I wore the gorilla suit at a trade show, I can get that much more attention and get possibly get more leads and, and meet more people with a gorilla suit on. So I'm super jealous. Nice call. That's the one I'm actually bummed on. Um, Somebody had to take it, and it's been yeah. out there. Jeez, jeez, jeez. What else do I want? I feel like like I'm really eyeballing social media ads, but I just feel like I'm out of budget at this point. Um, jeez, Louise. Uh, let's go with, you know what? Let's uh, Because I have email nurturing... I need a ways to capture um, uh, capture more data. So I'm going to do with webinars. This is something I've done uh, successfully um, pretty much everywhere I've worked is the is the webinar approach. I 
kind of kills me that I've, I, I, I'm more into podcasting now, but webinars is just a little bit easier to, to build that connection because you have to usually have to sign up for a webinar where a podcast anyone can listen to. So the only reason why I chose webinars is because it further ties in with my uh, email nurturing campaigns. That's cool. And also very serious. I, I will say that the reason you should have webinars is because you're damn good at doing them. <laughs> Every time we've done them, uh, gotten yeah. great feedback. So I think webinars yeah. are great if you have the right personality to do them. They can be just awful. And I've, I've done probably 200 webinars or so, give or take, and I probably watched at least 100 or, or so, maybe more. But I, there's a, just a huge difference between when somebody knows how to do a webinar and doesn't know how to do a webinar. And it's like night and day. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. I think webinars out of everything that I, I do, at least personally, at least I've done at, at companies, webinars has probably been the best. The thing I've been most successful at is a specific webinar strategy. And, but that inbound email marketing is a big key of it. Without it, it's not going to work. Um, anyway, your choice. It does feel like the term webinar is a little bit dated. Um, yeah. And we've, we've heard the term webcast used quite a bit. But one thing that we've kind Ooh. of pivoted and have done at Modally, where I currently work before that's worked really well, is virtual panels. So it's a, a webinar, but we're actually just bringing on several subject matter experts and we're talking to them. And uh, I think if you had a few folks debating craft beers, on a webinar, it could be really engaging to develop depending on their level of expertise and personalities and things like that. Dude, give me, let's give me some ideas. I love it. Okay. So next I'm going to actually, I'm surprised this hasn't been picked yet, but I'm going to pick affiliate marketing. And the reason I'm going to do that again, very, I would say very reasonable cost. And the reason it's, it's low cost is because what you're doing with affiliates is driving a lot of low quality traffic to your website, but you're able to then you leverage and qualify that traffic appropriately. So uh, I might look at some affiliates that uh, leverage, you know, alcoholic content networks or uh, any sort of publications that, that relate to that. But I might even look at affiliates that um, just work within the target demographic that I'm targeting and just drive all sorts of traffic to my website and then direct them to my app download page and see if we can convert some of them. You can have it, my friend. You can have it because I'm going with strategic partnerships. And my thought process here is maybe maybe I could build some sort of partnership like we have a really cool uh, beer app. Maybe I can uh, partner up with some beer companies and show like, hey, have this awesome beer app. Can you introduce me to some of your uh, places that you distribute your beer, whether it's big or small? I think it's a great way to get my app in front of the right audience. So um, I've never really had a lot of success with strategic partnerships. Uh, but I've done them in my last couple of companies, but it's always one of those things that no one knew what they were doing. <laughs> but I think there's an opening here for at least for beer that makes sense to me. So I'm going after it. That's actually a really clutch pick, and I think the beer for me is starting to kick in because that should have been. <laughs> <my next, laughs> it makes sense, right? Next logical choice. It just <laughs> makes way more sense, and I think now you're actually the the tables are have definitely shifted somewhat <laughs> with with that pick. One I thing wish that, I thought that, that earlier. <laughs> one thing that's interesting that I want to point out is at this point we have emptied the relationship and social proof bucket. And we've almost emptied the outbound and organic buckets as well. So all we've got right. really left is traditional and paid. So we're getting down, down to the wire here. So I think um, I think my next pick is probably going to be podcasting. And uh, it just makes sense because I've got PR, I've got influencer marketing, and obviously we're doing this podcast. So it's a really natural fit. I think a lot of the people that drink beer are also interested in podcasts based on absolutely no research whatsoever, but my empirical observations. Uh, so I think that there's an audience for craft beer podcasts out there. And if done the right way and non-promotionally, 
or a per, like soft promotions, I like to call it. I think it could be a really effective channel for driving traffic as well and building not only driving traffic, but building relationships long-term on both the B2B and the B2C side. Whew, I like it. Good choice. Oh uh, boy, what do I do now? Um, all right, so just for reference, we have most of the traditionals. Um, uh, the only traditional that we that was removed was direct mail. We have outbound left. We have LinkedIn outreach, which normally I would be all over, but I'm trying to think of like how many people in our industry are really active on LinkedIn. Um, and then we have the paid big ticket channels. We have social media ads and paid media and sponsorships. I'm I'm kind of surprised these are still left, but you obviously are really thinking about your budget smartly. Um, so. Uh, you know what? I don't know if this makes any sense, but I'm going to combine my combination of reaching out to my audience with 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 emails with uh, SMS. So the people that we meet at these trade shows and any leads that we generate, um, we're going to stay in contact with our email marketing and our text messaging. We're not going to do it too much. We're not going to blow these people up and get them to really, we're not going to piss off our prospects by sending a ton of text messaging and emails, but we're going to do a combination and we're going to layer it nicely. But are you allowed to advertise alcohol on SMS? I don't know if I... Probably not, but... (laughs) But we're advertising a, a software, so it's not really. There's some. There's a gray area here. I feel like. Okay, well, I think we may have kind of screwed ourselves here because I'm realizing now that there's probably a lot of regulations around, like a lot of traditional advertising and alcohol, like radio, television, and things like that. So we may be shooting ourselves <laughs> definitely foot here, but one of us is going to get stuck with it. So this is where it gets really nitty gritty because not only do we have to pick these the the next remaining like six or so pretty not great channels but also we have to justify them to our ceo and cfo on why they're going to build value so i think um I'm, i have to do a little bit of thinking here i think next i'm going to pick out of home and outdoor traditional advertising <laughs> and the reason i'm gonna i'm gonna do that is again is just still very reasonably priced and you know i could probably retain an attorney and run some of these ideas by legal and come up with some creative solutions on how we can leverage billboards without necessarily advertising a 21 and up product but doing it in a kind of a creative but also like fairly obvious sense that like this is meant for beer enthusiasts Again, I could be complete, I could be fired actually based on this decision because I have no clue whether this is even like doable or not. But I am adding it to my portfolio, and we'll see how that lands with our legal team or legal advisors. Uh, as you were trying to justify that dumb move, I was thinking like, how did I? Why did I miss this? I'm definitely taking LinkedIn outreach because, yes, like when you think of LinkedIn outreach traditionally what you think of is like some sort of cold call, like you're trying to sell it. You don't have to do LinkedIn outreach in that manner. What you can do is like say, Hey, uh, you can reach out to whatever distributors, alcohol distributors. So it could be in line with my, um, with my, uh, strategic partnerships, some, something loose there. I can do some LinkedIn outreach of, of, of telling people, Hey, I have a webinar coming up. This is our outreach, right? Or, and then you could sign up for our webinar. We could also say, hey, we're going to be at the trade show. We've noticed that you've been on this trade show before. Come to our booth. It's number 25. So I can do some LinkedIn outreach that way. So I think it makes a lot of sense with my plan with trade shows and webinars and so forth. So um, I'm surprised I didn't think of it earlier. Thanks for leaving that one out open. I've seen absolutely zero liquor distributors on LinkedIn. So I'm happy to have (laughs) let Jesse have that one. See how he's going to deal with it. So the next thing I'm going to pick is, I think it's pretty obvious, is paid media and sponsorships. One, because they're pretty scalable and I don't have to commit, overcommit to these things. So, uh, you know, if I could sponsor some sort of symbiotic 
uh, almost get into that strategic partnership territory, but less organically and more from a paid perspective, I'm happy to look at that opportunity and see if there's any, uh, you know, sporting events. You know, one one that comes to mind that could be a great fit is the um, AVP, the American Beach Volleyball Association. They don't have a ton of sponsors, so but the the uh, the folks that attend those events are definitely beer drinkers. I know that because I attend them. And it could be an interesting sponsorship opportunity that may not cost me a whole lot just because it's not a very popular sport. But, you know, sponsoring um, some sort of bowling league or um, any any really niche sports where uh, some of the, the partakers may be, uh, you know, higher end beer uh, drinkers could be an interesting opportunity with, without spending a whole lot of money. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. I like where you're going there. So I'm taking social media ads. Um, kind of the same reason for LinkedIn outreach. Like, I have no research at all to justify this, but I have to feel like, you know, some of these employees of these uh, alcohol distributors are, are using social media channels, not just LinkedIn. So I feel like I could get um, a message and find the right people. I just don't know how yet, but I'm sure we can figure it out. So same thing. Uh, uh, it can be for, you know, getting people to, Hey, we're, we have a trade show coming up. Hey, we have a webinar coming up. Uh, um, and then also just, uh, trying to promote our, our software as well. All right. We are down to the two last two options. They're both in the traditional channel, which makes perfect sense because we're a SaaS business that's B2B to C. And the only things that are left on this menu and Jesse actually made a huge mistake by letting me go both first and second to last because now I get to pick the least expensive of these two options. Yeah, I know. And, and stick Jesse with the bill. And I think that I am definitely going to have to go with. Ooh, this is a tough one. The options are radio or television. So think about which one you'd pick. I'm kind of torn. I think I television's expensive, radio also pretty expensive, and not sure that a lot of people listen to the radio in my target demographic, but it's also liquor stores. So I'm actually going to pick radio, I think. And I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it in off peak times because I, I'm pretty sure that radio may still play in some liquor stores, so we may be able to it's a little bit on the pricier side, so it's probably going to be in my back pocket as my strategy, like last, last, last solution if I need to build it. But I've used it. I know it works. And I don't know if it works for this particular demographic um, for B2B or B2C, but I would definitely prefer to have that over television. So that's what I'm going with. You know what? It's it's uh, good for you. Um, um... I'm sure there's some sort of loophole that you can think of too. Like, like there's also like satellite radio. There's, there's radio is not just one local channel. Like the way we look at it. I think we are saying traditional radio here though. I think that that's, that's the catch. I I I, just said radio. I know you're trying to give me an out and I could say, I could stretch it and say Spotify is the new radio. And you know, I could run ads on that, which well, would that's that's be a different. Idea, but I'm but... talking like satellite radio, like like that's still, you know, it's sat, it's radio, but it's sat, yeah, okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to justify my own way of like going. What can I do with fucking television? <laughs> what gray area? Since that was the last one, ladies and gentlemen. Um, somehow, I ended up with television. Uh, I I guess. I'm trying to think of some sort of gray area I can use television on. Um, I don't have the budget for doing TV ads. There's just no way. There's just absolutely no flipping way. <laughs> Community so, access television, baby. I guess I can do some really low budget channels. There's there's um, uh, the streaming count as television. No, obviously not. No. That's way, way too easy of an out. I think, look, if I had to do, if I had to do television and it was absolutely required and there's no way that this would ever get past a CEO or CFO of a, a 
beer SaaS startup with a hundred thousand dollar marketing budget. But if for whatever reason our CEO came from the television industry, I would probably pitch it as, hey, let's, you know, do something really weird on a mm -hmm. community access channel and just like start a, a show that would either be parts of our podcast, really <laughs> really strange videos or something just to, to get the viral content going, you know, and then we could basically double down and leverage influencer marketing to get the most ridiculous guests on this, like, uh, you know, community access television show and then leverage some of the other channels that we have like PR to promote the crap out of it through our digital channels and outbound. That campaigns. sounds more expensive than paying for a TV ad. <laughs> we'll shoot it. We'll shoot it on our iPhone. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Well, I, I appreciate your help. I was, I was also thinking like the only like TV stuff I'm familiar with doing is like, it's more of like PR stuff where we personally do some, some, some sort of PR. It's all related to like, uh, I mean, you have PR, but basically we try to do some sort of press releasing and then some local radio or local TV. We'd actually send it to local TVs, uh, channels cause they're always looking for content if it's right up their alley, it's the right time, then they would pick it up and put it on TV. So that was the free way of doing it. But uh, that's kind of tough. I still can't think of how I would do it nationally. All right. So to summarize, between Jesse and myself, this is these are our picks from order of priority from top to bottom. Jesse went with PPC, which is, you know, pay-per-click advertising, trade shows, online profiles like G2, Trustpilot, Google, email, inbound, and nurturing, which I don't know how you can <laughs> use nurturing emails when you have nobody signing up for your, your newsletter, but um, video marketing, trade organic shows, social baby. media, <laughs> it's all coming from trade shows, gotcha, organic social media, webinars, strategic partnerships, SMS, LinkedIn outreach, social media, advertising, and television. I think that Jesse will run out of budget by day three of his job. Um, but I think, I think I think you're right. I think it's a valiant effort. Um, my, <laughs> my, my breakdown of prioritization was SEO, search engine optimization, outbound emails, basically built lists, own media, blog, etc., influencer marketing, public relations, and earned media, Direct mail, gorilla suit, affiliate marketing, podcasting, out of home, paid media and sponsorships, and radio. Not bad. Not bad. So when you when you look at your channels, what would you if you can define an overall strategy, what would it be? I think it's just high low cost, high impact, and that really has been my career. So I just Honestly, I didn't go too far out of my comfort zone and I stuck with what I feel like works. You know, I don't, there, you know, there's certainly like gray areas of quote unquote growth hacking where you could look at opportunities of building uh, both the B2C and the B2B side without leveraging any of these channels. There's probably other ways if you really sit down and brainstorm outside of these popular mainstream marketing channels, there's probably other opportunities to develop those. But I think that my approach is definitely very revenue focused, low cost, because the idea is, you know, if we're at a startup and we have a reasonably short runway, we need to have high impact, but we also can't afford to just go out and spend a bunch of money. So we have to leverage time versus financial, right? It's always a management of resources game. So there's human resources, there's time resources, and there's financial resources. That's typically how I look at it from a strategic standpoint. So if I had to pick, I would say, let's just dedicate the time. And, you know, I come in and if I have a very small team, let's say, I think you put like two or three total people on the marketing team here, which I think is actually pretty generous for having a $100,000 marketing budget. I think it's probably two at most, one or two people. So I would leverage my time more to try to build uh, our CRM, build our user base and to continue to engage with that audience to build word of mouth. Because one thing that we didn't have on here, because it doesn't really make sense, it's not a channel, but word of mouth advertising is 
by far Huge. the best possible option. So using all of these different low cost, high time commitment channels, we could, if we execute right, if we get the unique value proposition right, if we understand our audience, we could build a business that relies on uh, you know, word of mouth by building relationships with our, our audience on both the B2B and the B2C side. Nice. The way, you know, I look at my channels and it's not too bad because this is stuff that I've done previously before where like the, where I'm thinking of what, where my biggest wins came from. Um, my biggest wins in my last two corporate jobs were from trade shows and webinars. So, so at least I have those there. And then the com key component that really the engine behind those was, was the email marketing or the email nurturing or the email inbound marketing, because that was really the way of like, you know, you know, when I had people attend these webinars, I was able to keep them in our database. And then with the right type of content on our emails, you know, we would turn them into something. And, uh, we always, always read do like a 10 month marketing plan for every trade show that we do. So it was super extensive. We we're very, very, very repaired, uh, prepared, um, even with the small resources. The problem though, obviously is for me is I have PPC, I have trade shows, I have social media ads, <laughs> I have television and I only have a hundred thousand dollars. So something's going to have to give. So if I could, if I could just give a dollar to like something like social media ads and, and that, that's kill that campaign, at least I check that box. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a reasonable approach, right? Because we have to look at every different channel and we have to analyze like, what do we think? And you could test things, right? You don't have to go in to television with a million or 10 million or hundred million dollar budget. You can run some tests and, I think if you take the time to understand your audience and what they're looking for and you test different channels, you could find something that works and may not be as high cost as you had initially imagined. Right. Right. Last okay, question so I do, for I you. Do, I know I do. I have a surprise go actually for, for you that oh, you go didn't for it. expect. I have a surprise that you didn't expect, but because Jesse and I are modern marketers, um, we, I took the opportunity while Jesse was trying to figure out how he was going to leverage his television advertising budget of $1 per year uh, to run our um, request through ChatGPT to make sure that ChatGPT prioritizes our channels in the most effective order of priority. So ChatGPT basically organized our list in four B2B to C niche beer SaaS startup with $100,000 in marketing funding for one year as number one priority is own media. So oh my as, gosh. A SaaS, as a SaaS startup, it's essential to establish a strong online presence. 100% agree with that. I think that that's uh, a great call, right? <laughs> that's very low, very low cost and absolutely essential. SEO inbound. That's like... Damn it! Pretty much... <laughs> Pretty much right on the money. Social media ads was its third choice. It said social media advertising can help you reach a broader audience and generate leads by targeting specific demographics. You can increase the chances of reaching potential customers. Fourth, it had video marketing. Creating videos that showcase your niche beer SaaS solutions can be an effective That's way me. to engage your target audience and build brand awareness. Number five, podcasting. Starting a podcast related to your niche beer SaaS solution can help you establish yourself as a thought leader in the industry. Love it. Number six, online profiles. Creating and optimizing your online profiles on review sites like G2 and Trustpilot can help you build credibility and trust potential customers. Number seven, nice. outbound email. Email marketing can be an effective way to reach potential customers and generate leads. Number eight, trade shows. Attending industry trade shows can be an effective way to network with potential customers, partners, and investors. You can showcase your niche beer SaaS solutions, share insights, and generate leads. Number nine, strategic partnerships. Partnering with complementary businesses can help you reach a broader audience and generate leads. I love it. Number 10, PPC. Pay-per-click advertising oh, can yeah. be a cost-effective way to reach potential customers and generate leads. By targeting specific keywords and demographics, 
you can increase the chances of reaching potential customers who are actively searching for niche beer SaaS solutions. I'm not going to go through the rest of them because that's going to get boring. But what I do think right. is interesting here is this was actually kind of a mix of the thing, the channels that Jesse and I prioritized probably in the top five. And all of these are in the top 10 from chat GPT. So based on a variety of resources out there, you know, I think that there are lots of creative solutions. And like I said, there's no one right answer. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, and this would actually be just, just, I was going to ask like, as a closing question, you know, how would you approach like a, a go-to-market strategy with a small budget? And I, what I would do is something similar to this, but I would probably do one quarter of the channels from this list, right. With a smaller budget. And that way we can just kind of really define what our strategy is. What I wouldn't do is, was take on more than like 10 or 15 channels and like do the, the, uh, the shotgun approach and try to do a little bit of everything, especially with limited resources. That's going to, um, probably most likely fail. Cause you're going to win at nothing at least with a, like a shorter focus. So for me, it'd probably be like, you know, for you, it's very, 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 it's, it's like SEO and, and recruiting content and, and staying lean that way, which I love. But for me, it's more like I'm in on trade shows and I got to feel like how I got to maximize my trade shows and maybe combine that with webinars to do the same thing. So it's more of a laser approach of using like two specific channels and then how how else can I feed those channels like like with email and then getting people to go to those events like like social media and uh, social media ads and so forth, maybe LinkedIn outrage, maybe. <laughs> so that's the way I look at it. Um, what would you, how would you approach a go to market strategy with a small budget just overall? Yeah, so and that could probably I, wrap up the podcast. I kind of, I kind of laughed at your LinkedIn outreach just to kind of take you down a peg uh, as a competitor. But honestly, I think that was a really smart pick because what I would probably do is, wind up looking for influencers on LinkedIn that are in that space, whether they work right. within the ecosystem of liquor retailers and try to leverage them. Because one thing that I've, I've discovered is if you just shoot somebody a message on LinkedIn, you would actually be really surprised at the results you can achieve. I think a lot of people just don't try it, especially if it's not a salesy message. If we're inviting them to be a guest on a podcast or providing value for them to build their influence and to build their credibility in the space, you would really be surprised at what kind of people you can get to react to you and engage with you on LinkedIn. So that's a great tool. But at the end of the day, you know, I think, like I said, there isn't really one right answer. I think just trying to do what we do in marketing is it's a science, right? Like we come into it, we form a hypothesis and we do the research and we test it and we see if it sticks or not, right? We need to understand our audience and what is our audience looking for? You know, ideally in this situation, if we are a SaaS startup that has an app that, um, you know, locates craft beers at local retailers, we need to understand like how many people are out there looking for this and what are, what are their challenges right now? I know that one of my challenges is I don't know whether a specific beer is available at, a, at the store that I'm going to, but I also don't necessarily want to call them and uh, to find out. And it, it can take a long time, right? What we want to do is simplify the process of finding craft beers and do that in real time, which I think is a, a product and technology challenge. But if you can identify some of the, uh, the value propositions that your app offers to both retailers and the consumer, then you'll the, the channels will kind of self-identify themselves, if you will. Right. No, way to, way, way to close it out, man. Um, that's good. We were over an hour. How did we do it? Wow. I don't know. That was a lot of fun. I, I, feel like, I feel like we actually gave away. I remember one time Jesse and I uh, we were working at the, at the advertising agency together, and I had an employee from our parent company reach out to me and like pick my brain on what we're doing from a lead gen perspective. And I'll never forget this because um, I told her that, you know, we're doing this webinar and we're talking about DIY solutions for small business owners and how they can operate their own small business. And her response was like, man, you guys are giving away the secret sauce. And 
there's no secret sauce. Like, especially with Jet chat gpt and google assistant the secret sauce is out there you're not giving anything away right what actually winds up happening is that you know my approach is always let's educate the consumer let's educate business owners on how to grow their business but the reality is just business owners don't have a lot of time to grow their own business and a lot of business people aren't marketing people or they may be more analytical than creative so there's never going to be a time when I can give away, quote unquote, the secret sauce and somehow lose business because of it. Because when you know what you're doing and you have the heuristics to really understand the channels that work, the messaging that works, to pull your audience and to understand the audience's needs, you know, there's always going to be a need for marketing people. And there's always going to be a need for more information and more education around, uh, you know, different marketing campaigns. Man, let's close out on that. Well said, Kirill. Cheers, bro. Cheers. This was a good one. We've given away all the secret fun. sauce right here. No more no more episodes Everything needed. Everything you need. Everyone's got what they Absolutely. need. Absolutely. <laughs> let's retire. All right. All right. See you, buddy. See ya.